the pronouncement for Christmas is, I bring you good news of great joy. And joy has always been associated with the Christmas story. And um, I was thinking about it this week as we were preparing, and I thought, you know, why is it that if Jesus came 2,000 years ago to bring joy to the world, that there's still some really cranky people out there? And, and I started doing research on it because I, I just got interested in it, you know? I mean, if you know what I'm talking about, like, there, there's some really, really upset people in the world. And, uh, and, and I mean, it ranges. It's, 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 the, it's the downright angry, you know what I mean? Like, if you're at a, if you're at a stop, stoplight and, I mean, you aren't, like, eye on the prize, one foot on the gas and the brake at the same time, ready. And, and I mean, some people want you to be looking at the light this way, because you know how you can see a little glow, it's getting ready to, it's gonna turn red on that side. And so, I mean, they want you to hammer it when it's, anybody, does anybody know what I'm talking about? And, and I, I know there's the nice, there's the nice tap, like beep, beep, hey brother, it, it is green at this time. And we all have places to go, right? That tap, but you know the, you know the one I'm talking about. The, the double hammer, you know what I mean? And people can be unbelievably angry. And, and then it's, it's not just anger, but sad. And I mean, I think we all go through really sad things, don't we? I mean, if anybody's honest, you just, sadness, it's a part of life, but it's almost like it's, it's endemic. So I actually looked it up and, and they, they were talking about a crisis of happiness. A crisis of happiness. With, um, you know, like if you were to put uh, our society on a graph of, you know, the amount of money and things and opportunities and everything of compared to all of human history, I mean, we would be, we, we would be the Mount Everest of opportunity and economy to be alive today. You would think that we'd be beaming with happiness, but it's, it's eluding us somehow. There's a really interesting story in Ecclesiastes, and um, the writer is this wealthy, very uber, we'll call him uber wealthy individual, King Solomon. And he says this, I... I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. Could you imagine having that kind of money? I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. Like, I can't even do that in the atrium with the cookies. You know what I mean? Like, if I, I have to deny myself all the time. Anybody with me? But for economic reasons, he, he had no, there, were, there was nothing that he had to say no to. Now, if you and I believed what we're being told all the time then certainly that would, that would be the happiest person in the world because if he saw something that he wanted, he would buy it or take it. And he talked about he, he had houses and lands and he had a harem of women. He had everything that he could, anything you could conceive of. And this is what he said. And yet when I had it all, when I surveyed it all, it was meaningless. Meaningless. So that was like chasing the wind. How is it that happiness 
eludes us so much. I got to thinking about it, and you know, I do a lot of uh, weddings, and and so um, <clears throat> oftentimes I'm trying to find some simple way to convey something to this couple who are staring at each other and not really listening to me anyway, <laughs> truth be told. But I, I try to leave them with something, and so I, I, I came up with a little a little acronym that I thought maybe would stick, you know, and maybe they'd think about it later on or whatever, because, you know, no one's listening. But I, I said, think of happiness in your relationship with this little simple acronym. And so I did it this, uh, this past fall. We were over in Heartland, and, and I, I shared the acronym, J-O-Y, Jesus first, put Jesus first. O, put the other person second. And then why put yourself third? So J, Jesus, O, put the other person second, and why put yourself third? And so uh, after I did the, the wedding, one of the uh, family members came up to me and said, I think my husband's dyslexic because uh, for him, it's always yo, yo. <laughs> and I said, okay, well, help him with the spelling. Um, J, Jesus. That's Christmas. In, in John 15, Jesus said, you know, to the disciples, I pray that my joy would be in you. My joy would be in you so that your joy would be full. I, I really think God wants us to be happy. I really, I really think he wants us to be full of joy. I think that's what he ultimately really wants. And when you're full of joy, you're your best you. You know that. That's when you're your best. When joy is just bubbling up inside of you. But when you're not, then you're probably not your best. So if Jesus came to give us joy, why aren't we having more of it? And I think it has to be, we're not doing what he taught us to do. I, I think for a lot of times what happens is... <clears throat> We're well-meaning, but we've, we've moved Jesus somewhere down the ladder of our life. And we have all kinds of reasons and explanations and, you know, justifications for it. And, and I know, too, we live in a culture now, wow, like worshiping Jesus is so 30 years ago. Your kids ever make fun of you for, like, you're just really out of touch, really out of touch? And I, I, I know what's going on in our culture. It's like, oh, that, that whole thing, that... That was so yesterday. I, I'd say be careful. I'd say be careful. I mean, it's one thing to go along with the trend of, you know, wearing, you know, sweatpants wherever you go in life. It's one thing to go along with the trend of the hairstyle, but be careful of throwing out the Jesus thing. Can I tell you something honestly? You need someone to worship for your own good. I know some of you, like, you're like 40 years old, and like, I oh, know I'm getting around to it, but you know, there's a problem. I had this one problem with this one church one time, and blah, 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 blah. I've heard it so many times. I, I, I get it. I heard it too. I know there's a, but this is what I say to people. Okay, get around to it then. You're 45. Pick something to worship. You know, you know why? Because if you don't, guess who you're worshiping? Yourself. Oh, you never say that, but I mean, look at you. You look, you look marvelous. 
Yeah. Everywhere you look, it's you, you, you. I mean, you would never state it, you know? It's, it sounds so arrogant. Why state it? Just do it. But really, whoever you follow, that's what you worship. And if you're the one that makes all the rules all the time and all the decisions, then you're the one that you worship. But somebody has to occupy number one. And, and some of you know what I'm talking about. I was talking to two ladies yesterday before the service, and we were talking out there, and it was really cold, and, and they're like, oh, we were going to, I was just going to stay home and just watch it online. And, and, uh, and, and they're like, and my mom got in my head, and they, they said, we grew up, I think they said, Wisconsin Lutheran. And I said, okay, I don't know what that is, but tell me. He goes, well, it goes like this. Mom said, you can stay out as late as you want on Saturday. I don't care if you're out till 2 or you're out till 3. But at 9.30, you are going to be sitting in church on Sunday morning. You got it, young lady? And they got it. Somebody says, I know that's old-fashioned. It really is, isn't it? How many know we could use just a little more old-fashioned here? Maybe a little more. No, 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 because you know, kids should just pick whatever they want. No, they shouldn't. How many know kids pick a lot of stupid things? Huh? How many know they do? You just, you just raise them. It's like you're going to have something number one. And then when they get old, they can say, oh, that was a bunch of nonsense. But trust me, they'll come back to it. You need to worship something besides yourself. So I am here to recommend Jesus. Put Jesus right here at the top. Manger, humble, comes not to dominate your life, to impart joy and happiness. And then after the J, you get the O, the other. It's so funny because you would think you would think the recipe for happiness is just think about yourself. You know, you get up in the morning and think about what do I need? And there's a complete industry. I mean, billions of dollars are spent because the world knows that they can just bombard your brain to get you to think about yourself. And from the moment you wake up, that's the message that you get from our world. Think about you. Think about you. Think about you. Think about what you want. Think about what you deserve. And it's not working. Why? Because when you're obsessed with thinking about yourself, you are destined to be miserable. Destined. You know, the other day we go to Charlie's school, and I don't know where she gets it, but she's a very bossy young lady. Very bossy. <laughs> and she's all upset because the kids won't do the thing that she wants them to do, and she's just upset. And, she's all, uh, and, and we're trying to tell her, like, Charlie, you can't be so bossy. You can't tell all the other kids what to do all the time because no one's going to want to play with you. And I've told this whole story, and at the end of the service, all the kids come down here to dance, and they're all dancing and having fun, and Charlie comes down here and starts telling them they're doing it wrong. <laughs> she wants them to do this. And she's angry. Do you want to be happy? You, do you want joy? You, you can't be, if you're focused on yourself, you can't be. It's a guaranteed, guaranteed recipe for misery. Why? Because no one's ever going to live up to your expectations of how perfect everything's supposed to be. 
You're going to be constantly disappointed, constantly frustrated because your focus is on the wrong person. You got to put yourself back here a little bit. What Jesus said was this. He said, the last will be first and the first will be last. If you keep putting yourself first, you're going to find yourself woefully frustrated. You ever found this to be true in your life? You went into a certain event, whether it was a work event or a family event or whatever it was, and you had all these expectations about how amazing it was going to be, only to be disappointed on every turn. This didn't work out right, and I thought we were going to do this, and then this guy was late, and this, man, what a jerk Uncle Joe is, and da-da-da. If you just decide, you know what? Put others first. Let's hope they have a good experience. Jesus had this amazing way of bringing joy. I, I, I used to work with students, and um, we would do these trips. And, and so we had all kinds of trips. We'd, we'd go, you know, we'd go to Cedar Point every year. You know, Cedar Point was always a disaster. Why was it? It's because there was no purpose in Cedar Point. We'd go to Cedar Point for one reason. What? To have fun. You know what? If your goal in life is to have fun, you are screwed. That's your goal. Because every turn, you're going to not have fun. And they would come to me and they'd go, Pastor Chris, so-and-so sat by my girlfriend, and I think she likes him now. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, like 13 hours of this. <laughs> oh, but, oh, get on the bus. Get on the bus. And we we do this other trip every year. We'd, we'd go, we, we used to go to the inner city of Detroit, but we, we'd have this trip, this special trip every year. We'd go to, i take these guys, inner, work the inner city, the, one of the poorest neighborhoods in Chicago. I remember this. And I'd sit all the kids down. And I'd make the parents come to the meeting. I call it the meeting. We had, we had a lobby right here, just like the atrium, and I'd sit them all down. I said, all right, everybody sit down, sit down. Parents, you stand in the back. Stand up straight, sir. Look at me. Look here. Look at me. I don't care if you have fun at all. I hope you don't have any fun. I hope most of you go home right now before we even leave. So that's it. It's roughly about what I said. I mean, I made it crystal clear. I, am, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear if you aren't having fun. I don't. Are you ready? I don't care. I don't. Here's one person that doesn't care if you're having fun. I don't care if you sit by your girlfriend. I don't care if your girlfriend dumps you half the way there. <laughs> the purpose of this particular trip is to serve those in need. That's the purpose. If you aren't here for that purpose, go home with mom. I don't ever want to hear about it the rest of the trip. I mean, I was mean. They always stayed, all of them. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't talk any of them to leave. I know you're going to be trouble. I made it crystal clear. But here's the thing. It changed their mindset before we got started. You know what? It was always the happiest trip we ever took. Always. I said, if I, you see an alley that needs some sweeping, you find a broom, you start sweeping it. Just start sweeping. You see something that's met, you just clean it up. We're going to take food to poor people. We're going to do this. We're gonna, and we're going to focus on these people that need us. 
you know, it would always happen late at night. You know, well, the boys would sleep upstairs, the girls would sleep down in the, 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 the fellowship hall down. The, they'd always be singing, always be laughing. Why? Because when you're not obsessed with yourself, joy has a funny way of sneaking around and biting you in the backside. But when you're obsessed with yourself, what am I getting out of this? What am I getting? Always, always, always disappoints. To me, the recipe for joy is just Jesus first, other people second, and yourself third. So, Chris, I'm really going to miss out. I don't think you are. I really don't. I really think Jesus taught us something about how to live when he lived his life. I think the reason that there isn't as much joy is because not enough people have tuned in to how Jesus did it. He said, I came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many.